0: CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for Your Money and Your Life. Welcome into another edition of Your Money and Your Life. Thanks for checking out our podcast here with Don Cash, CPA and CFP Certified Financial Planner at Donald W. Cash and Associates, serving you here in the uh, the Garden State area from his office in Red Bank. Make sure you check him out online at donaldcash.com, that is Donald Cash.com. Dot com. While you're there, subscribe to the podcast. You can check out past episodes, get notifications on new episodes if you subscribe on whatever platform of choice it is that you like, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google, iHeart, iTunes, so on and so forth. And, of course, anytime you hear something on the program that piques your interest and you want to talk about it, a useful nugget of information, make sure you reach out to Don before you take action by calling 800-664-1183. Always check with a qualified professional before you take any action. and what is going on don how are you this week mark how are you we continue with the dog days of summer my friend It has been incredibly hot. I think we have shared with our listeners that you're in Jersey. I'm in North Carolina. The power of the internet can allow us to do all sorts of fun things. And I'm down here and it has been incredibly sweltering. I know a lot of the country has been under a heat wave the past, uh, at the time of this podcast anyway, the past week or so has been just crazy hot. Been that way for you up there in Jersey? It has, and not
1: too terrible, but I always think back to those days in January, Mark, when I was sitting in the house or out at the restaurant with my wife, and it's 10 degrees out, (laughs) and we say to ourselves, you know what, in the summertime when it's hot, we're not going to complain, we're just going to think of these days and look back and just be grateful that it's not 10 degrees and snowing and we're not scraping ice from the windshield. So with air conditioning and with the way life is nowadays with modern amenities, I think we can deal with it just fine.
0: Yeah, that's true. Well, it seems like as though we're never satisfied. I myself do prefer summer, but <laughs> after five weeks of 95 plus and very little rain, it does start to wear on you just a little bit. But again, I would rather take that than the snow and ice any day. All right. Well, let's get into our program. I've got some cool stuff to talk about this week here on the show. And the first one. I want to kind of kick things off with the self-driving car thing. You know, Ford now is claiming they're going to have 100 self-driving cars on the road by the end of this year. Some technology experts say these vehicles are now going to be commonplace in a few years. Now I know Tesla's been leading the charge with this. They've got some of these self-driving trucks and I think there's still some incidents going on with them. So we'll see what happens, but do you think this is going to come about sooner versus later and how might that affect the auto industry and how we want to view it as a, a financial vehicle?
1: You know, I don't think it's going to it changes the way that we should think about investing. The key to good investing is, is proper diversification making sure that you're in alignment with your goals and your time horizon and your risk tolerance and and not trying to pick the company, the industry winner, whether it's Tesla or anybody else that's going to be leading the charge, so to speak, on the self-driving car. But I know the self-driving car has been the main issue that's driving the vision for Uber. When you look at their bottom line, they're losing, I think, over a billion dollars a quarter. So really, it's their end game. they say, to to have a a self-driving car. And if you think about it, it makes sense because I think the Uber driver gets something like 80% of the fee. So if you get an Uber to the airport, that's $100 and the driver gets $80 and somehow they can cut the driver out, that changes the whole dynamic of their profitability. But frankly, the idea... Of being in a self-driving car makes me very uncomfortable. I think of the Jetsons, Mark, <laughs> of, uh, being driven to work or being driven to a restaurant in a, a self-driving car. It's uh, it, it's just something that I cannot. Envision for myself how about you
0: yeah i agree with you the jetsons thing is kind of what i think of and i feel a little gypped because growing up i was told we were going to have flying cars and i'm 48 and <laughs> i have yet to see a flying car so i guess self-drive i don't know my truck has a lot of safety features and, and some of that lane assist and it kind of brings you back into the center but the whole idea of com you know turning over complete control to the car yeah it kind of weirds me out Well, me too. And I think that from a standpoint of technology, the the practical
1: application now of the drive for the self-driving car is really with all the safety features of these new cars. You mentioned your truck, and our family just came back from our uh, annual drive to Florida from New Jersey. And because of all the gear that we have and everything that we bring, we decided this year to rent an SUV uh, that was... Brand new, that had just an impressive array of safety features. So, we had uh, rear view light indicators and vibrating seats. Uh, if you uh, got too close to another car or or something that could have damaged the car, we there were cameras. And you mentioned the lane assist. Alerts to make sure that you put your hand back on the wheel. It's, I've never experienced that. There was an indicator saying, "Put your hands back on the steering wheel." If I had my one hand low on the steering wheel, so you know, there's no doubt that the technology. Uh, yeah, I think after this drive, back and forth to Florida, I was thinking there's there's no doubt in my mind that it's going to save lives and reduce injuries, and as well as damage to the car. But when you're looking at this from an investment standpoint, really the beauty of broad diversification is that you don't need to pick the winners. You don't need to pick Tesla or Uber or whoever it's going to be. If you're diversified in a portfolio of stocks, you're you're going to own the manufacturers of the camera, of the car itself, of the parts, of the GPS, the radio, et cetera. So that's the beauty of making sure that you don't have all of your eggs in one basket. You're, you're going to benefit from the movement in a direction with the technology. So um, that's my thought on on that question, Mark.
0: Well, I appreciate that. And yeah, I think we'll continue to see how this shakes out with more and more technology. I think you're right at the Uber aspect. I hadn't really thought of that, but yeah, that makes a lot of sense for them to want to try to cut out the driver. They've launched a couple of things. They launched a delivery drone food service. I think they're testing that in San Diego and a Mm. drone will bring food (laughs) and drop it off. And they also believe this or not, this is true, but they're also looking at a water taxi service service and they are calling it scuba <laughs> so, oh boy yeah so they are definitely scuba yeah they're, they're looking at a lot of stuff so we'll, we'll see how that all shakes out but let's go ahead and have some fun here boy, on the program it, oh go ahead i going just say that with food delivery and scuba delivery it seems like you know
1: we don't want to leave our house right <laughs> we want uber to deliver our food the kitchens are larger than ever but no one's cooking exactly so uh, so we're creatures
0: of comfort have you ever seen the movie Wally, Disney movie? It's, you know, kind of funny, right? The movie goes about a saying that we've gotten so lazy. We all float uh we all sit in these floating chairs that just take us everywhere and do everything for us and we don't do anything. So maybe coming that in- is a great movie. It yeah. really is. I it perfectly illustrates what we're talking about. Yeah. Maybe coming to pass, so we'll see. I won't be around to see it, I don't think, but <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Let's hit our getting to know you this week, have a little fun here, switch it up. And this is where I asked Don a question that usually isn't financial related and just kind of get to know him a little bit better. And last week you made it or last time, excuse me, last podcast, you made a comment that I come up with some interesting questions and put you on the spot. So I'm really going to put you on the spot this time. And with the 50th anniversary of the moon landing and a lot of different things going on, I wanted to ask you, Don, do you remember the summer of 69? Mark, now you're getting into something
1: personal, which is my age. <laughs> so I think that depending upon how answer that whoever's listening to this, depending upon their age, they're either going to think that I'm very young or very old. So my kids <laughs> will think I'm old because I was alive in the summer of 69. I actually remember it. And there are a number of clients that I have that were married with children in the summer of 69. So I do remember that summer. I was a, a young boy. And uh, what I remember about that summer from a personal standpoint is my dad graduated college in the summer of 69. He was 33 years old and he went to night school for about 13 years after he got out of the army and ended up with three young kids, had to go to work, but he stuck it out, pushed through went to night school, became an engineer, graduated from a school here in New Jersey called, back then it was called Newark College of Engineering. Now it's New Jersey Institute of Technology. And I remember that vividly. It was the summer of 69. So that's a personal memory. I remember hearing about Woodstock, Mark. I don't remember Woodstock because it really was a You know, it was one of those things that the teenagers (laughs) and the younger people went to. But uh, of course, now it's a seminal event, right? It was. It it basically, uh, um, it's something that anyone who's into rock and roll music can look back to and recall that that big event. And that's the 50th anniversary in August of Woodstock coming up, which was canceled, by the way. The reunion. I don't think people are too into sitting around the muddy fields with the <laughs> poor restroom <laughs> services yeah. and spotty Wi-Fi. And it was a different time back then. But, you know, what I think about with the summer of 69, personally, besides my dad and Woodstock, is is the Miracle Mets. Mark, as you probably remember from our, one of our last conversations, I'm a Suffering Mets fan. Mm-hmm, yep, And that was a good summer. To be a New Yorker and a great summer to be a Mets fan. So that's a memory that I have being a kid, just so excited about my favorite team winning the World Series. But the moonwalk probably stands out the most, particularly since we just celebrated the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11. And, you know, to borrow a phrase from that time, it blows my mind that these guys actually did that when you think about it, you look back at the footage of the video of Apollo 11 and these guys, you know, had so much courage and the preparation and the teamwork involved and the pressure from, you know, the mistakes and the errors that happened just before the landing. It's just a, you know, it's amazing when you think about it, that there was a vision that was set forth by president Kennedy to land a man on the moon and return him safely to earth before the end of the decade and you know it actually happened so uh, you know it was a time i think we all came together as americans and when uh we my wife and i recently were watching some footage on youtube of old you know walter cronkite newsreels of the moon landing have you ever gone on youtube to see like old footage it's pretty cool
0: oh yeah yeah, you can go down the rabbit hole. Actually, that's one of the things I've been doing lately is I, that's what I call it is the rabbit hole. I'll sit there and uh, instead of watching like a TV program, I'll get on YouTube and just start going through random things to look at and watch some different stuff. And so, yeah, it's pretty interesting. And here's a little fun fact for you, Don, about the Apollo 11. A TI-83 calculator, the calculators that a lot of schools want you to get for your kids over the last several years, has six times more processing power than the computer that landed the Apollo eleven on the moon, so technology's come a long way that is amazing when you think about the technology we 've gained
1: from the space program, but how they landed the men on the moon with what we would consider to be such rudimentary technology yeah it you know gets back to that phrase it blows your mind, it really does and you know, when you look back at the footage and you hear the astronauts say it was Neil Armstrong say the eagle has landed or, you know, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind and the American flag gets planted. I mean, how could you not be in awe and have a lump in your throat? Yeah. It was an amazing time. I I do remember as a kid, I think it was a time that we we all looked up. We looked up into the sky, into the stars going to the moon that we, we dreamed as kids of being astronauts and space Rangers, so to speak. And, and, you know, now it seems like instead of looking up uh, that everyone's looking down, right? You go to a restaurant or you go to uh, (laughs) a sporting event, everyone's looking down on their, on their smartphones. So, you know, when I think back on that, I, I think I, I liked it better when we looked up, we were in awe and, uh, And we looked at each other, Mark, instead of looking down at our smartphones.
0: Well, I will give you a hallelujah to that. That's for sure. I agree with that 100%. Definitely something lost, I think, in all the technology that we have been increasing and gaining in, in our smartphones for as impressive as they are and all the things they can kind of help us with when we need them. Sometimes they just have way too much of a hold on us. That's for sure. So I will side with you there. Well, that's a cool getting to know you. I hope you guys enjoyed that fun little conversation. And so what we're going to do is we're going to finish off this podcast as we tend to do with the Cash Connection. And that is where we get an email in from the, uh, onto the program here. And we kind of read some of these depending on where they are and when we get them and all that good kind of stuff. And if you'd like to submit your own question go to donaldcash.com. That is donaldcash.com. If you don't want it read on the podcast, that's fine. We don't have to do that either. No worries. But we've got one from Abe, and he is over in Middleton, and he's got a question for you. And he says, Don, I'm being forced into early retirement at 57 from my job at the state. I have pension, but that alone will not be enough to live on. So do I need to find another job since I am too young for Social Security as well as to withdraw from my IRAs? Mm, good question. You know, I do see this from time to time. Someone who's in a position
1: to retire relatively early. So I think the starting point here, Abe, is your monthly or if you want to look at your annual expenses. And if there's enough savings outside of the IRA for the next three years or so, perhaps you could plug the gap until the IRA and social security funds kick in. So that's something I think you really have to take a close look at. And maybe you can retire without going back to work. I think it largely depends on your expenses. So what I share with people who find themselves in this position is don't be afraid of spending the non IRA dollars. Perhaps you could travel, do things that are on your wish list, do things that at age 57, you're healthy, you're strong enough to, to enjoy and not wait until you're older, depending upon the amount of money that's there in savings and what the expenses are and, you know, where you are in life in terms of obligations with family and kids and, and education expenses. But I would say if anyone's in this situation, you know, feel free to call and see if we could, you know, make it happen where perhaps you don't have to go back to work and you know it's a great opportunity I think also at that age to explore a Roth IRA planning and Roth IRA conversions because someone at 57 is with a new law that they're proposing 15 years before their required minimum distribution age so
0: it's a good age For a tax-free Roth IRA planning, Mark. All right. Well, great question, Abe. There you go. Hopefully some useful things in there for you. Really good information on the program. Reach out to Don, as he mentioned, if you're listening to the show and you feel as though you've got some questions you'd like to get some answers to. Don't be shy. Don't hesitate. Give him a call. 800-664-1183. That's 800-664-1183. And talk with Don Cash, CPA and CFP Certified Financial Planner at Donald W. Cash and Associates. Uh, He's got an office in Red Bank there, so able to help. You can also, again, check us out online at donaldcash.com. That is donaldcash.com. Send an email to the program. Send an email to Don. Give us a like. Give us a review. Subscribe to the show. All those good things can be done there. As always, man, I appreciate your time. Fun show. Really good stuff this week, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Likewise, Mark. Be well. Absolutely. We'll see you next time right here on Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash. Don't forget to subscribe to the show, and we'll catch you next time.
1: Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.